0: Hello for the King listeners, this is uh, your host Rocky with my brother Bryce here, say hi. What's going on? Say hi little guy. <laughs> um, I'm
1: bigger than you actually.
0: He is, he's about, a, he ended up being an inch taller than me yeah. which is.
1: Well, I, dr- I drank my milk. He so did.
0: And then straight, I I came late. from the teat. <laughs> it's disgusting.
1: Well, yeah.
0: You weren't breastfed? No, a cow. Oh. Do we have a family cow <laughs> that I'm unaware of? yeah yep, i really you really dug yourself a yeah. hole in that one
1: see the effects of sin is lie
0: yeah continues on your mind's futile we'll get into that actually yeah. you just kind of helped us get a glimpse into what paul argues all throughout romans <laughs> thank you okay well hello guys um last sunday we did the part two of our biblical wisdom and fear of the lord series that we've been doing This week is actually going to be the last week. Oh, 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 I'm crying. I'm crying right now. And um, we wanted to highlight and give a quick refresher on what we talked about last week so we can kind of lay some groundwork to remind you guys for this week. That way, if you haven't listened to the last episode, go back and listen to it. Um, That way, you can have a better footing for what we're about to talk to and have a, a solid foundation. So... The key text for last week was um, Proverbs 9.10 and then also Psalm 111.10, which they, they, they say the same thing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So last week we established that there's right fear, wrong fear. There's a wrong fear of God that leads you basically to the fear of man as well that drives you away from God, drives you away from Yahweh, your father, Abba. And this, this is not good, right? This causes tension in our relationship. And when you don't have fear of the Lord, you will do what is evil and not what's right. The fear of the Lord is a deterrent against sin. You know, We, est- we established that. And, and doing what is right and not what is wrong, that is wisdom. That is what wisdom is for us as Christians. So we, you know, th- those are kind of some of the highlights, right fear, wrong fear. And um, we established the right fear is what leads us to wisdom. It's the foundation, a deterrent against sin that leads us to wisdom. And then we ended up asking the question, well, who is wise, right? If we can get wisdom, you know, where does it come from? How do we, how do we acquire it? how do we become wise living Christians? Okay, so that's the foundation from last week and we're gonna answer that question this week. So the title for today's episode is Biblical Wisdom Garnered Under the Fear of the Lord. And here is a Charles Spurgeon quote that I thought was great about wisdom, check it out. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are all the greater fools for it. There is no fool so great a fool as a knowing fool, but to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. So the whole point of growing in the knowledge of God is that we might apply it rooted in the fear of the Lord that would lead us to wise, upright living, you know? So when you think about something like stealing, you can, in a way, through your futile mind, reason yourself to why this might not be advantageous in a society to steal, but you'll never understand the real implications of it of the sin that it is, unless God reveals it in his word. And he did in his law. He told us not to steal. And we know that this is, it's not right for humans to do something like that. Um, so there, there's many people that uh, know the 10 commandments, right? You can know and understand that, but will you ever actually live it out and do what is right and not what is wrong? Jesus came to fulfill the law. Uh, he didn't. He said not an iota, not a dot would pass away. So we need to know how to be wise that we would live rightly to glorify god um right yeah
1: yeah not fear the lord like you mentioned last time is the root so wisdom is clearly the fruit
0: yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah 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 that's a good way to put it so
1: well i got it from you so
0: <laughs> yeah whoever said that was super really? smart i, I definitely <laughs> didn't say that first though
1: you are my big brother so.
0: <laughs> okay um so let's let's hop in um okay so first first question we want to ask Where is wisdom found? That was where we left off last week. We're picking that up. So it comes from God, and we want to present a Trinitarian understanding of the wisdom of God. So first, let's, um, you know, we have the Godhead, right? So this is a theological term for you guys that don't know. The Godhead is the monotheistic one God that we serve, Yahweh, right? Now, he has, what what would be the, I don't want to do modalism. What would be the... (laughs) He is one god one, and three one in substance, one in substance, and, in substance in and being three in person so yeah. never use the word manifested he did not manifest as jesus jesus is the son of god
1: distinct from the distinct father, from the father the
0: and the spirit but they're three persons and one being yeah okay and equal co-eternal Co-e- co-powerful um, and distinct and yeah. different. yes good so that, that that is the trinitarian understanding of what we read in the scriptures about the nature of god okay I just I always want to use the word manifest and I just can't. Yeah. Because it's not it's not correct. He's not manifesting in a different mode. I know. You I immediately in my hair tick and need to repent.
1: And then I have to stone you. <laughs> my oh, twelve no. gauge, bring it over, take y'all back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> stone me with a, uh, yeah, twelve gauge bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Two three fourths edge pellets. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, Okay, yeah, so it comes from God, and we want to present a Trinitarian understanding. So here's our first key text for today, James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So what do we learn there? We learn that we can ask God for wisdom, God the Father. We can ask him, and if he's a generous God, he will give us wisdom. Okay, that's what we're learning from that text. Yeah proverbs 2 6 for the lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding so we have the image of god's mouth obviously god is not a human guys don't think of god in human terms like he's a mouth speaking think about words and their power in terms of the ideas that it does for humans in our mind right that's why god speaks to us in words he speaks in power yeah, a thundering voice
1: divine accommodation he's accommodating and stooping down to our level that we
0: would understand exactly yeah and at the beginning God spoke it all into existence so really what we're learning there is that God has power words have power obviously we need to tame the tongue that's what James talks about and he does teach us by his word come let me teach you the fear exactly of the so the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes these things it's something that can be taught from his mouth when you speak you speak in words, in a language that's intelligible, propositional knowledge like we talked about. Remember, guys, propositional knowledge is just a fancy philosophical term for something that can be written down and comprehended in logical expressions. Does that make sense? In language. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, you're a philosophy major, so I imagine it does. <laughs> All right, Matthew thirteen eleven. Here's where we're going next, folks. And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He's saying, it's been given to you from God the Father, right? Right. In the the person of Jesus. And we'll get to that later too. That's why Jesus is saying that to them. And then the last one I want to highlight, there's there's a ton of these scriptures, guys, but I just wanted to do a few just to present a Trinitarian understanding of this. Daniel 2.20, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Wisdom is God's. He owns it. All good things that we know, all good attributes, they are found in God. God is wisdom. Yeah, he—he—that's he, what he is. It comes from him. There would be no such thing as wisdom if there was no God. Right. It comes from him. Okay, good. So we've established that it comes from God the Father. Now, what about Jesus, the second person of the Trinity? So, don't you have the First Corinthians you wanted to read, or do you want me to just read it real quick? Yeah, you can read it. Okay. So, First Corinthians. Did I put it backwards? No, 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 no. This is good. Yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18-30. through 30, Real quick. This is going to be a little hefty. This is just summarizes it so well. This is the only text for Christ the Son as wisdom. Just key into this, guys. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the, the discerning. I will thwart. So God saying that flip when... Satan flipped it. There's people that think themselves wise that are actually doing folly. God is going to destroy that. Uh, Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand size and signs and greeks seek wisdom but we preach christ crucified a stumbling block to the jews and folly to gentiles but to those who are called both jews and greeks christ the power of god and the wisdom of god well and then we want to go to verse 30 real quick and be um well i'll I'll start 29 uh verse 29 so that no human being might boast in the presence of god because God chooses what's low in the world to humble the, the quote-unquote wise so that no one may boast. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Right. Okay. So that's all I'm reading for that. Sorry if that was that was a little long. But I really think that that's probably the best text in all of Scripture about Jesus being to us the wisdom of God. Right. What do you think, Bryce?
1: Yeah, and you wanted to use the word manifested earlier for uh-huh. – uh for the son or for the members of the trinity Uh and here's a way you can use it um not for not referring to them Uh but the wisdom of god was was manifest yeah right it was revealed to us and how was it revealed in the person of christ right Right. christ the power of god and the wisdom of god how in his in and through his life death burial and resurrection right so you see that Mm -hmm. clearly in those verses you just read right the jews they demand for these signs the greek they seek for wisdom but the world, not through wisdom, knew God. The way they knew God is through the cross.
0: Yep. The wisdom of man is folly. Yeah. And Jesus is a stumbling block to them because they right. do not understand that this is actually right living for the human. That's what wisdom is. How are how are humans supposed to live? So, sorry. Rooted in the fear of the Lord, found in wisdom. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the Father is, he's the one in whom all wisdom is found. The Son is the revealer of this great wisdom in uh-huh. himself.
0: Um, yep. Now, who affects it? Who accomplishes the wisdom that has been applies it. revealed in Christ, yeah. given by God? And who, yeah, who, who affects it and applies it? It is the Holy Spirit. And here's, the, here's the, the final cascade waterfall leading to a culmination of full understanding of wisdom in a Trinitarian understanding. So, literally, one chapter later, this is what. Do you want to read this part? sure don't you yeah you have it right there so this is what paul says in first corinthians chapter two verses
1: seven through fifteen cool um can i start in six yeah do it cool yet among the mature we do we do impart wisdom although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of god which god decreed before the ages for our glory
0: yeah. So. Exposited.
1: Yeah. Exposition. Okay. So here we go. There is this wisdom that has been secret and hidden from all the ages, which is now our glory. So what is that? It's the manifestation of Jesus Christ in the flesh.
0: Yeah. In the flesh. In yeah. The flesh. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's what Paul yeah. Does yeah in no. Flesh. Yes. No. He says he does. No. no right? Sorry. 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 Yeah. yeah. First. Time, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Man, you gasp. My bad. That's not heresy. Might be. Jesus was manifested. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it's the the crucifixion of Jesus Christ Which reveals this divine wisdom of God And then we see the application of it It's revealed to us, verse 10 uh, To us through the spirit For yep. the spirit searches everything, right? And then he goes on to this little thing about Who knows the thoughts of a person except his spirit, right? Yep. And that's why we need the spirit The spirit enables and applies to us yep. these things of God And the key verse here is verse 13 And we impart this in words Words There it is Not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual, right? So we need to realize these these are words that are
0: propositionally Uh being taught to us. Just like the fear of the Lord, like we talked about in Psalm 19. You guys remember that? Yeah. From, From the first episode. These are... Fear of the Lord is... Remember guys, uh, just a quick refresher. Fear of the Lord can be a mental state and emotion of actually like fearing God, it, like an emotion, but it's also something that's taught. Now, wisdom is purely something that's taught. It's not, a, it's not a weird emotion. Wisdom is just right something that's that's taught and understood.
1: Yeah, and we'll get into later on what this means here for the words. It's not, it's not the words of humans that is imparting wisdom, but it's a spirit. We'll get into later what that actually means yep. with the words of the spirit.
0: Exactly. I want to read real quick a really great medieval theologian who may have been a heretic. We're still not sure. He did defend indulgences, which was pretty heretical. But Thomas Aquinas, in uh, his Summa Theologiae, um, he's... That's a really good pronunciation of that. Was it? Yeah. Thank you. So he says this about 1 uh, Corinthians, what we just read, which is, I thought was cool. Um the first way of judging divine things belongs to that wisdom, which is classified among the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So first Corinthians says the spiritual person judges all things. Um, yeah. So the second way of judging pertains to sacred doctrine, to the extent that it can be gained by study, even so its first principles come from revelation. So basically what he's saying is revelation, which is can be gained by study of what has been revealed through words, that is what the spiritual person can judge these things to be true, right? That's what Aquinas is getting at. And Aquinas wasn't all wrong on all things. I think this is a pretty trustworthy, trustworthy statement.
1: Right. Um,
0: and this is in question one of his Summa and article six, is this teaching wisdom, talking about sacred doctrine, talking about the scriptures. Right. And he, his his answers are resounding yes, that the scriptures are the teaching of wisdom, right. which, which is enabled and comes from the spirit of God. We can get into Ephesians, how it is... The sword of the spirit which is the word of god which is the scriptures right this is the spirit enables you to understand that right um yeah the pharisees obviously had the oracles of god in the scriptures yet they did not understand the wisdom of god we'll talk more about that later but yeah
1: yeah it's kind of like that imagery of if somebody came up to me and said hey your brother um said that he hates babies <laughs> the way i could judge that is because i would know Because I know you, that that's not, you've never said that. You don't hate babies. Yeah. So it's, it's, that's a simplistic analogy, but at the core, that's what he's getting at there. You can judge by the words that you know.
0: Exactly. um, That's
1: been given, that's been revealed.
0: Yeah. Which is God's word. Which is why wisdom is actually only something that's taught. Right. Um, But the fear of the Lord is the root of it, like we established last episode. So, um... He was just talking about how um, the spirit of God is a spirit of wisdom or whatever. And just to back that up in scripture, uh, if you guys remember, we talked about Isaiah 11, verse 1 through 3 in one of the episodes. Uh, there shall come forth a sh- sh- uh, sorry, forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and the branch from his root shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, counsel, so on and so forth, uh, culminating in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So the spirit of God is one that is You're fearing God, you have knowledge and understanding, counsel, might, power, wisdom, all these things are from God. And they all are kind of like a bunch of different parts of one thing of what it means to be a Christian, which is just believing in God truly and rightly. Believing, repenting, humility, meekness, uh, being wise, having understanding, discernment, prudence. All these things are just... You know, they're different attributes of the Christian life. Um, but there are some that are more foundational than others. Something like repentance and belief and all that. But they, but they all come from God. Okay? Come from the Spirit of God. Taught by the Spirit of God. Because remember, Isaiah 11, 1-3. That Spirit of God is all these things. Good? Good. Okay, so that is the Trinitarian understanding of wisdom itself. Which I loved going through that. Thought it was really cool. So now let's move into the second question. So if it comes from God who is a triune God. How do I get it from him? How do I get it? Um, So we ended just now with the Holy Spirit, because remember that's the effectual mover in our life for us to understand the truths of God, which is found in his word. So John 16, eight through 13, this is what Jesus says him as he's coming to the end of his ministry and he's about to go and bear the sin of the world. This is what he says. And when he comes referring to the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness because i go to the father and you will see me no longer concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judge i still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now the spirit has not enabled them yeah when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come right so that whole text is just Jesus basically giving us a glimpse into the triune nature of God and the whole point of his Holy Spirit. What, what is the ministry of the Spirit on the earth? What is the work of the Holy Spirit that God sends out onto the whole earth? He, it's to convict the world concerning righteousness. What does wisdom do? Wisdom shows us what's righteous and what's sin. Right. That's what wisdom is, to know what is right and wrong. And that's really what Jesus is getting out here. He's getting at. It. He's going to send his spirit concerning the world about sin. If you're convicted for your sin, which is you finally, instead of thinking yourself wise, but actually doing foolish things, remember that, that flip, that great reversal that Satan did in the garden, that can be reversed back by the Spirit of God. That can be undone.
1: Right. And that's kind of like you see the symbolism of the after God formed Adam and Eve, he breathed into their nostrils the spirit. And Jesus yes. is talking about the forecoming. Uh, of the spirit right so we see this new kind of giving of life new and spirit or
0: spiritual giving us life to our dead bodies right yeah that
1: we may be actually alive the so first we, spirit's dead right yeah so when you read acts you see that back that imagery back to genesis of mankind kind of being formed again in a new yeah. reconciled self
0: and reversing Babel too. Yeah, you know, absolutely. reversing all of the sin, the culmination of sin of a dead spirit that came from that reversal of wisdom and fear right. in the right place when Adam and Eve, they feared God wrongly. They went and hid from him yeah. rather than fearing him rightly. Right. Which and, then led to unwise living.
1: And guys, if some of this stuff doesn't make sense, feel free to message Rocky, email him on the, the email that he has available for you guys. Yeah. He'll definitely be willing to answer or give you resources to some of these things that may not make sense. So.
0: Yeah, seriously, I, I just want this to be an encouragement. Please reach out to me, guys. I have a website coming soon. I would like to start doing some blogs on the episode to kind of give you guys even more information you can read rather than just listen. But uh, please interact with me, guys. I would. The whole point of this is just to build up the body of Christ, you know, and just to interact with other brothers and sisters to get talking, you know, and to build each other up. So please contact me. I would love that. for, for the king Podcast at gmail.com. And then the website will be coming soon. I'm not finished with it yet, so I can't give you a URL. So then um, we have, you know, how do we get it from God? God's going to send his spirit. If we ask for him, we start off with James 1.5, right? We can ask God for wisdom. He will give it to us through by sending a spirit to convict the world concerning sin. And then the other text we want to read for how we get wisdom from God uh second timothy 3 verses 14 through 17 but as for you continue, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are the scriptures which are able to make you here it is guys wise for salvation through faith in christ jesus All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Or we can honestly reinterpret that accurately and say that the man of God may be complete and equipped for all wise living. Every good work, wise living, being wise, training for righteousness, correction, reproof, teaching, being wise, knowing what's right. Again, guys, these are all... The Christian faith is simple and can be boiled down but it's also there's a lot of moving parts that have their little niche environment in the Christian life but uh really what he's talking about here is it makes you wise for salvation wise to know what God requires of you to be saved a humble and contrite heart that repents and believes in Christ right and they're all working together and the base of that the root of it is believing God and fearing him
1: yeah, and that's why the crux of all this is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, right? Yeah. Because it's foolishness to those who are pursuing wisdom, being the Greeks, and it's um, to those who are pursuing a sign. It's not – in in no way is it actually causing them to believe.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and this also answers the question that we posed this moment ago about what is this words that are coming from the Spirit that we were looking at in 1 Corinthians 2. Well, we're not looking for some existential, subjective experience with the Spirit. Or yeah. you, this is a very common phrase nowadays where you get drunk on the Spirit. Guys, that is not a biblical concept. You don't get drunk on the Spirit where it's almost as if you're high on the Spirit. You're yeah. kind of being tossed to and fro physically. Yeah. That makes no sense. The text that, that, that's being talked about with... But be uh don't be drunk with wine but be filled with the spirit that in no way is applying you be drunk with the spirit it's just implying yeah. leave your insobriety um and pursue sobriety yeah. in the spirit that's all it's having a clear at.
0: conscience being sober monkey. that's right exactly
1: so so here here's what we want to recognize is the word of God was written through this divine inspiration of the Spirit. So remember, all the way back in Genesis, after God formed Adam and Eve from the or Adam from the dust, He breathed into him the breath of life. This is the giving of the Spirit to um, to Adam all the way all the way for, forward and and Acts. Um, he. Uh, Jesus, sends Jesus spirit. even breathed yeah. the, it said that he breathed on his spirit and, or on his disciples and said, receive the spirit. And then in Acts, we're kind of seeing the same kind of imagery of spirit falling upon mankind yeah. and enabling them um, to be brought to life. Yeah. So what we see here is the scriptures were breathed out by God. So it says in 2 Peter 1, that these men of God who wrote the scriptures, it says they were carried along by the spirit. Yeah. To write the word of truth. Yep. So what this is getting at is the Spirit wrote down, or not, uh, pri- not primarily, but he wrote down secondarily through the apostles. Yeah, exactly. So he inspired them in such a way that they would write the scriptures. So we're not looking for this existential experience from the Spirit, but. We're looking for it in God's Word. That's where we learn wisdom. That's where we find these truths that yeah. is in the Word of God. We're not looking for exactly. anything else. It's exactly. only the Word of God.
0: Yep. And we just want to highlight the importance of Scripture because that really is where wisdom is found. Is found at. We just we want to highlight that so bad, but it can again, it's it's a supernatural act of the Spirit. So keep that in mind. You will never. The Pharisees knew the law better than you ever would. Except did they live it out? No. They right. used it as a a burden on the people rather than yeah. Lifting their burden. And, sorry? Well, and I also just wanted to say, I know a lot of people charge reform people with worshiping the Bible. I hear that a lot. Like, oh, you guys worship the Bible or whatever. Um, I've, I've just heard that a ton. And I, I just would love to put that to rest right now. Just to, just to, the whole point of us talking about the Word of God like this is that it's a gift from God. And we should look at it as such. And value, if God's going to give us a gift like this, we should value it because he's giving it to us for our own good. And to right. know him and to be, again, to be wise. And to right. know the fear of the Lord, to be able to fear Him rightly and know who He is, He's keying us into who He is. Yeah, that's the point of it. So
1: it's letters from home. Why would you not treasure it?
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I, when people charge reform people with like just being locked up and studying the Word all the time, sure, there you can go. Obviously, go too far where you're not out proclaiming the Word that you've learned in your study. Right when you like read God's Word and learn it and memorize Scripture, write it on your heart that you what might live wisely, keep your ways pure. What? Um, what can keep a young a young man's way pure by guarding it according to your word? Yeah. So, like, that's in Psalm 119. So just don't um, value the Bible highly as a gift from God and uh, as a means by which you would acquire wisdom from God. But uh, obviously, you need to be praying fervently for the Spirit of God to enable you to understand that. And that's right. how, you know, Pentecostals always, you know, people that don't actually study the Word a whole lot, but just want all these encounters with the Spirit, like you're saying, being slain or drunk in the Spirit, they're divorcing what Scripture would actually marry together, right? which is just foolish, I think. Yeah. And as Reformed people, we should still understand the role of the Spirit and how miraculous it is right. to actually understand God's Word and to enable it to have to have us live wisely and to follow god that's a miracle and we'll get to why that's a miracle later because we're going to finish this up in romans where you'll see it's a miracle to follow god to do something wise that's a miracle for a human to do that
1: right yeah and this might step on some toes a little bit but the pentecostals are like people who skip going to school and they just kind of go in the back with their buddies and they're trying to look for a good time so they're skipping the the teaching part <laughs> yeah so in other words they're not reading the scriptures they're not seeking out the lord where he is to be found but they're going where he is not to be found
0: yeah, yeah exactly yeah and obviously there are pentecostal people that do like study the word fervently we don't want to make a generalization but uh when we talk about the spirit of god we do want to share that sentiment with our pentecostal brothers and sisters that right w- the spirit of god is absolutely vital for the life of a christian without the holy spirit bringing life to you you are dead right in your sins you're dead yeah and we we share that sentiment with our pentecostal brothers and sisters but we don't want to seek the spirit rather than um god's word where he has revealed right. himself so plainly where we are um yeah where where 29, he is, is at. Yeah.
1: Deuteronomy 29, 29, the things that are revealed they belong to you and to your children yeah that you would obey all that i've commanded of you exactly if they belong to you why would you act like they are not yours
0: exactly so I text that like, this this would be the next text real quick on how we get wisdom. Micah six eight. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. He's revealed that to us, guys, what to do as a human, how to live rightly. So grab a hold of it, read the word, study diligently, love God's word, love the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Okay. So Okay, we are reaching the end now, so whenever you talk about wisdom, you always talk about Proverbs, folks, because everybody, um, you know, wants the tunnel vision on this book as the only place where you can find wisdom, the only place where you can, it's just so explicitly talking about wisdom that we think that, oh, this is, this. if I want to be wise, I must spend a majority of my time in this book, and then just tunnel vision on this book, just for practical, wise living in the world. We need the full counsel of scripture to have an all-encompassing view of what true wise living looks, at, uh, looks like. The point of Proverbs, just as a precursor, as we're going to get into some of the text, is there's a lot of language about, uh, there's lady wisdom, there's lady folly. There's these, throughout the whole book, there's these two opposing women. At the end of the book, he finishes off in uh, Proverbs 31 with the Proverbs 31 woman, the wise woman. And the whole time, there's this war in this book between these two ladies and one is wisdom one is folly and the whole book has this language kind of hearkening us back to the garden genesis where remember guys satan flipped that and humans for the first time exchanged wisdom for folly exchanged true fear of the lord for a wrong fear of the lord a fear of judgment that in first john we know god cast out through his son uh you know basically bearing the weight of our sin and taking the condemnation that was do us right so they had that kind of fear of judgment um and we see all throughout song of solomon uh proverbs even ecclesiastes there's these little nuanced statements that would lead you to look back to the garden on what went wrong in the garden with wisdom yeah how did wisdom get messed up in the garden that's really the whole point of the book and um solomon who wrote proverbs had um a lot of sexual immorality in his life and concubines and all these things and A lot of the book is for young men to avoid this woman this lady folly and it's usually tied to some sexual immorality uh, because like sexual union is like uh that's what god kind of uses that imagery with when israel would uh whore themselves away with the neighbor it's like you know you're you're basically taking their ideas and assimilating them into you so it uses that sexual language so um that's why it's portrayed as a woman and why he's saying men don't go and seek this evil young adulterous woman and then this whole time we see this battle between these two uh lady wisdoms so the whole point of it being a lady is to hearken us back to Eve listening to the voice of Satan and in turn then told her husband an unwise thing and he was unwise did not fear the Lord properly and listened to his woman and did what was wrong Listen to the to the voice of his wife in that scenario. So the woman men are seeking for, the man that women are seeking for, are men that stand up for what's wise and men that don't, um, I guess, give in to unwise living. And that's why they end with Proverbs thirty one. This is this is the woman that men are looking for, and women ought to aspire to be this. This is what women ought to be. You know what right. I mean? A woman that's like that—that a wise woman. Right. So that's just help a her husband, a help, an Azer right and when you look at that word guys it's much more beautiful than the world would make you think Pr- yeah. people that oppose christianity would say that it's just like men rule over women and women don't or don't matter or whatever but yeah. that Azer word is beautiful like she's like absolutely essential for him right. it's not just like she's like a cooks and cleans and does like, like she's essential not for how homely the house is she's essential for his spiritual well-being she's yeah. supposed to be like eve was at first helping her husband and like coming alongside him in wisdom rather than basically telling him an unwise thing and right. leading him astray through you know what guys just have a spot, soft spot for women right you know what i mean so
1: and if any of you doubt that you guys can talk to my wife she she loves submitting to me <laughs> she Good. can prove it wrong
0: nah, that's true yeah it shouldn't be a uncom- uncomfy thing it should be yeah. it's all about wisdom guys it's all about wise living um yeah, so Proverbs eight, twenty two through twenty three. The Lord possessed me, this is Lady Wisdom. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up, at the first before the beginning of the earth. Wisdom on wisdom God founded the earth. God is the source of wisdom proverbs eight eleven through 12 for wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare to her i wisdom dwell with prudence and i find knowledge and discretion prudence is the ability to govern and discipline oneself for the use of reason it's like a good working definition of that so yeah. again these are all just like faculties of the mind and right living you know cognitive ideas in your head that lead to right living Again, and it goes back to the word being propositional knowledge, something you can learn about uh, in a similar way into your life, you know. Right. Um, yeah, like in book form, you know, it's in a book. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Proverbs 4, 7. Yeah. So just start getting wisdom, guys, and yeah. we're telling you where it's found. Just start getting it.
1: Right. And it, that, that text is supposed to sound a little redundant. because yeah. It's like, come on, I've already been telling you this. Go get it. Yeah, exactly. For all you procrastinators out there, there it is. Yeah. The beginning of what is wisdom is this. Go. Yeah. Get it.
0: Give them the challenge you wanted to give.
1: Oh yeah, and also you guys. So we're we're hearing now that wisdom is found in the scripture. So I want to challenge you guys. If you're reading your Bible a couple times of the week, I'll just tell you right now, that's not cutting it. You can't. If you say that you want wisdom. And you only read your Bible a couple times of the week. You're not spending diligent, adequate time in God's word day by day, being spiritually fed by him. I'll tell you right now, you're a liar. You don't want wisdom. The wisdom that you actually may be wanting actually may be a false conception in your mind of the wisdom of this world. Mm -hmm. But the wisdom comes from God in his revealed word. So if you want it, you need to find it in his word day by day.
0: Just go get it. It's so available. Right. we 're so privileged in this country, just back to the uniqueness of America thing. Right. Uh, the podcast Noah and I did that is one thing that 's unique about america that 's another thing we We actually failed to mention that the Word of God is so readily available all around us, and yeah. we just if wisdom is so easily accessible, then even for myself, you know i 'm not always as diligent as I could be for right. acquiring wisdom and living wisely and fearing God. Yeah. And honestly, this podcast has had a profound effect on my life in terms of yeah. wise living and not doing evil things. You know Me what too. I mean? Yeah. Me too. It's awesome. Yeah. So hopefully it's benefiting you guys too.
1: And, and brothers and sisters are dying in North Korea and Saudi Arabia for the Bible's sake, um, yeah. for the sake of Christ. So we would be ashamed to just leave it on our coffee table. So yeah, looks exactly. pretty.
0: Yeah. If you want to be wise, just go get it guys. It's right there. God's that's that's what's that's the beauty of it god made it so easy for us in a way but again it's also absolutely impossible apart from the spirit of god <laughs> at the same time of it being wisdom but if you have the spirit of god it's very easy to access a few more verses about the nature of wisdom that we see in like proverbs and in solomon's writings ecclesiastes seven twelve. for the protection of wisdom is like the protection of money and the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of him who has it so we see wisdom all the time she's far better than jewels Uh, it's like money, you know, it's something you acquire and you build up, you know, but, um, you can't get it quickly because there's all the proverbs too about those who gain money quickly usually come to ruin.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, you gain money slowly by being diligent with the resources God's given you. Same thing with God's word. You need to mine it out. It takes a while.
1: Yeah. There's no quick plan to get
0: wisdom. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's a lifelong thing. Like Bryce and I aren't, we haven't arrived. Like we have so much growing to do and so much more wisdom to be garnered.
1: It's not like there's some man named Theodore who just comes up to you with a briefcase and invites you into some pyramid scheme where you can make a ton of money super quick. Yeah. It's not
0: like that, it's not guys. like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have the, to plumb the depths of God's word. Right. It doesn't mean you have to be a theologian. It just means get to know the story of God. Right. What is in man? Jesus says, I know what is in man.
1: Yeah. You don't have to be a marriage counselor to be a good husband.
0: Yeah. Correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, exactly. So you
1: just... Find out about your wife. Love
0: her. Yeah. Adore her, treasure
1: her highly. Exactly.
0: When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble's wisdom, Proverbs eleven twelve. Psalm ninety verse twelve. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Um Job twenty eight twenty eight. And to man he said, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. Proverbs twenty eight seven. Whoever keeps the law is a wise son, that he that is a companion of riotous men shames his father. Proverbs 3.18, she is a tree of life to those who lay a hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, and whoever captures souls is wise. So I kind of wanted to cap off with the stuff about the tree of life. So being wise is kind of a return to the garden, if that makes sense. A return to right living with God. Because remember, what is the root of wisdom? It's the fear of the lord you're returning back to the garden not being afraid of god for judgment but realizing that with the humble is wisdom That you, you know those that are wise understand god just want you to be humble and contrite that that's a wise thing to understand about the nature of god and how he's going to judge you and what he requires of you a contrite and broken spirit and and this
1: is the beauty of the gospel too the way you enter back into the garden, the way you enter back into the presence of God, the way that you are reconciled to him is through the perfect work of Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. Even though we righteously deserve God's wrath, we already talked about this. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone, you can have that reconciliation, right? That's the beginning
0: of wisdom. Yeah. Amen. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap up here with... A kind of teaser into the next series we want to do and then also wrapping up wisdom fear of the Lord um, with what I, I have been just overjoyed to read through Matthew Matthew Henry's commentary on Romans and really it gets to the crux of this whole we had wisdom in the garden we feared God rightly then we stopped fearing God rightly we were afraid of him wrongly it drove us away from God into unwise living through the serpent flipping the wisdom of god into folly all this downfall of humanity through unwise living and us saying like how do you get wisdom it comes from god god himself through the trinitarian understanding all these things are really played out just in an amazing way in romans so i really just kind of want to highlight some of the things i've been learning and i think it is lovely the way he finishes up chapter 3 or in the middle of chapter 3 With his argument so we're just going to hit that real quick and then um kind of wrap up this series which have been i hope it's been beneficial to you guys and um we love doing it i learned so much and it's made me really self-reflect on my own walk with jesus and believing in god trusting in his word fearing him rightly and being wise so okay uh romans one through three those, uh, those three chapters, please go read that, guys. Um, and if you have any questions about it, like reach out to me. I'd love to talk about it. It's been really impactful for me. So basically, we have in chapter 1, Paul makes a case that the um, altogether the Gentiles cannot be justified by their works. By no means can they be justified by their works. He deals with the Gentiles first. So,
1: And Gentiles is just everybody who's not a Jew.
0: Everyone who's not a Jew is a Gentile. And he says, um, where is it at?
1: So that's technically us. That's your Jew listening.
0: Yeah, yeah, here we go. So um, I'll start in just verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. That sounds like unwise living. For what can be known about God is plain. Plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature has been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. And the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him or give thanks to him, but they became, here it is, futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. And then this is the important part. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. They exchanged the glory of God, uh, of the immortal God, for images resembling created things. That's what Satan did. He, he turned our go- He turned our gaze from God and the wisdom God had given us. And then he turned it to what? To the tree. Turned it to, to un- unwise living. That's what Satan did. Um, so God gives them up. Like in verse 24, therefore God gave them up to the lust of their heart. Verse 26, for this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Um, 28, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind. So we see three times god gave them up god gave them up god gave them up when they exchanged they suppressed the truth and unrighteousness sounds a lot like adam and eve god gave them up to their debased minds and they were lost forever in their sin so we see paul arguing all throughout chapter one that the gentile world is living extremely unwisely they knew there was a god it was plainly seen but there was no fear of the Lord. There was no way to act wisely. They had no access to know the fear of the Lord, to know what was wise. They just knew that there was a God. That's as far as they could get. So God yeah. gave them up to their debased minds. And they were ex- they were completely futile in their thinking.
1: They could never attain the knowledge to the true God because of how futile their thinkings were. Yep.
0: Their faculties to reason to God are compl- destroyed. It's impossible. So... What happens next? Paul then argues that the Jews who have the oracles of God, and we just went through, guys, how the scriptures are where wisdom is found. It has to be enabled by the Spirit. That's the crux. The Jews had the oracles of God, i.e. the scriptures, but they were not wise. Because what? They did not have the Holy Spirit to enable them to live rightly. Now, some of them had the Holy Spirit, like David and you know some of the saints, the people that actually knew Christ in the Old Testament and were clinging and holding fast to the promise but if they did not have the holy spirit you can't be enabled to know the word of god so paul argues oh they have the jews have the law and the jews have this what advantage has the jew you know uh this is a i think this is really uh telling for what we're saying about how the spirit has to enable the word of god uh, verse 27 then he who is physically uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have the written code and circumcision but break the law for no one is a jew who is merely one outwardly nor is circumcision outward and physical but a jew is one inwardly and circumcision is a matter of the heart by the spirit not by the letter the letter is the law his praise is not from man but from god so paul's saying they also live unwisely even though they have all the things they need to live wisely they have the oracles they have the letter they have the oracles of god they have all these things but the one that um in verse 13 it says for it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before god but the doers of the law wisdom is doing the law wisdom is living rightly god's given us his law what is good what is evil wisdom is the knowledge of that law enacted through righteous upright living that's what wisdom is anything to add
1: no that's good okay
0: i just saw you nodding along i didn't know if you had something so then what I think is wonderful, guys, and we're going to wrap up here in these next five minutes. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, chapter 3, he's made the argument Jews are futile in their thinking. Jews are also futile in their thinking because they have not the Holy Spirit, right? They reject the Holy Spirit. Um, so then what does Paul argue? He says, what advantage has the Jew? They were entrusted with the oracles of God, but they, some of them were unfaithful. Does that mean God was unfaithful to give them that and to choose them, but then to not save them? No, by no means. Um, God is righteous; He's the judge. So then, he this this is his uh, verses nine through eighteen, which is like kind of the crux of this. These whole first two chapters culminate here in these next two parts, and it's just wonderful. What then are the Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. That word "charge" there is a legal term. He's making an accusation against them that everybody is guilty.
1: Yeah.
0: As it is written,
1: universally all men.
0: Yes, all men. Jews and Gentile, that is literally every human being alive. It fits into one of those categories. So he just said they're all sinful and futile in their thinking, and they cannot reason themselves to God. Even the ones that have the revelation cannot reason themselves to God because they have not the Holy Spirit. So then this is what he says. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. So Who's he ta- why would he bring that up after he just made a case against all of humanity? Because that verse, some people say uh, Psalm 14 and Psalm 53, that is what this is referencing, what I just read, is only about the Jews or only about one certain people group or something. This is about all of mankind. This is, this is the state of every single human being. There's not a single person that seeks God. All of them have turned away, every single person. That's why David says, and sin did my mother conceive me they've all turned away every single one of them so then he says this their throat is an open grave they use their tongues to deceive the venom of asps is under their lips their mouth is full of curses and bitterness their feet are swift to shed blood in their paths are ruin and misery in the way of peace they have not known so what we see is he talks about their mouth which again the word of god the words this is where the power kind of is at the mouth the, the way you communicate and um, express yourself is through the mouth and the words. He says theirs are futile. Theirs are debased. Yeah. They, poison. Their mouth is degenerate and poisonous. And which is just not from,
1: just – sorry.
0: Well, I was just going to finish that thought up. From their head, their mouth, and then what? Their feet are shift, swift to shed blood all the way down to their toes. Their head to their toes are completely evil. That is the imagery we're seeing here
1: Yeah. in all ways. So universally all mankind and the whole man – it's not just like a part of them; it's literally all of it. Yeah, exactly. The head, to the, the head to toe. And this is not just—we're not talking man by birth. We're not neutral. By birth, we're
0: evil. Yeah, evil,
1: rebellious against God. And I know, I know yeah. some of you are thinking, "Whoa, that's that gone. That, that's went really far. No one does good, but what? What about there's some people who do good? What about, yeah, what about, this, about
0: philanthropy? What about, what about philanthropy what, projects and Bill Gates and
1: yeah? And let me tell you this: Bill Gates makes the biggest sin. When he feeds thousands of Africans, and let me tell you why. Because he exchanged the glory of God and worship what was created yeah. rather than the creature. He worships himself. Yep. He doesn't worship God.
0: All of our and because, good works are like filthy rags. Right.
1: We need to have a broadened view of what is good and evil. Yep. It's not merely just the action. It's, it's the, the heart worship. behind it's it. the heart, it's the intent, it's all of it.
0: Yeah. It's the full
1: yeah. You'd be very narrow-minded to think it's just the action.
0: Exactly, yeah. 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 So, seems sad, seems bleak. And then how does he finish it off, guys? Verse 18. There is no fear of God before their eyes. We could stop it right now. We could just end that. We did say five minutes. Yeah, that's, that's kind of it, guys. I just... I, I, when I read that, I was like, okay, we got it. This is the culmination. We got to end on this. So the whole world debased mind, evil, unwise living, exchanged, same thing, exchanged the glory of God, wise living for created things, unwise living. And we think ourselves wise sometimes. So get that thought out of your mind. If you think on your own, you can reason yourself to God or think that. You in and of yourself are wise. You will never begin to be wise until you begin to fear God. You will never know God until you have known him through his word. That is the only way to know God. All of Romans 1 is just to show that you can know that there is a God. There is some higher power. That's as far as you can get, just look based on looking at the world. The only way to know who God is, to become acquainted with Yahweh and to to be wise is found in his word. That's why Paul says, How can they believe in him to whom they haven't heard? That's and right. how can they hear if they have not been preached to? right It is crucial to go out proclaiming the word of Christ to people. And that's why we're saying it's crucial to read the word of God, because that's where wisdom can be found. It has to be enabled by the Spirit. Yeah. The, so this is. Oh, sorry. My bad. That's
1: okay. I was just going to say, The natural man by wisdom did not know God, but the spiritual man is who knows God. Yes. How is, that's the second Corinthians. How how our first Corinthians. How, yeah. How is that man spiritual? What does that mean? He's in with the spirit. How are you in with the spirit? Trust in the perfect work of Jesus Christ alone. Put your faith in Christ. That's it.
0: Yep. But yeah, guys, uh, at the end of the day, there's no fear of God in all of mankind. We've all fallen away. We've all become corrupt. So we want to go into – actually, real quick, let me read Aquinas one more time. Where is it at? I think it's on the other page. Oh, yeah, you're right. So, now sacred doctrine most appropriately treats of God insofar as he is the highest cause. God is the cause of all things. Not only because of what is knowable about him from creatures, they exchange the glory of God, right? For what creatures? So we can know some things about God from creatures, which philosophers have recognized, i.e. in Romans, what was known of God is manifest to them but also because of what he alone knows about himself and communicates to others by revelation. So sacred doctrine is called wisdom in the highest degree. So sacred doctrine is special because of that. It's the only way we can get into the mind of God to know what he's truly like. You can only get so far from natural reason based on what you see from the world, which is why all people are condemned before God but cannot know who Jesus is apart from us proclaiming the gospel. So let's be uh, yeah, let's be wise and I hope this was... Edifying and encouraging to you guys and you have a better understanding of fear of the Lord and wisdom now Um, Next week, we're going to answer the question If all minds are futile and against God, how can one be saved? Do we have free will capable of choosing God? Are we completely debased and futile? You know, can and and is there any natural reason within us to get us to a belief in God? Um, And we'll present an Arminian and Calvinistic and maybe a Molinistic. View. I, yeah. I guess I can. We can look into Molinism a little bit, but we'll look at the main soteriology um, mechanisms that we see throughout history, and we'll talk about them. And yeah. um, we're probably going to go into the doctrines of grace because we fall in the reform category, but hopefully we can represent all views pretty well, and you guys can yeah. um, gain something from that as well. So, yeah. I think we're good there. So, yeah, we're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Thanks so much for listening, guys. This is the For the King podcast. Um, Stay updated for the the website coming out soon. And please send me an email if you guys have anything you want to interact with on this. I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, I appreciate the support so much for those that have listened. Um, Yeah, have a wonderful day, guys.